0: You are listening to the V-City Podcast by Peter Ujum. Welcome everyone to the V-City Podcast. On this podcast, we typically talk about technology, business, and most importantly, relationships with other people. So um, today is going to be pretty interesting. And the reason it's interesting is because, and on YouTube, I'll put this in, uh, my friend, Sam, Samuel Sakwa, we had a conversation about a maybe three, four years ago, maybe, yeah, about four years ago. And it was a random conversation that was recorded uh, when I was doing more interviews with people on YouTube. And we talked a lot about technology and having internships and co-ops in Canada. And it's super interesting to see how things have gone from then up until now. So I suppose the biggest thing is to see whether those things we hoped to happen happened uh, it's almost like an update, like a part two to that conversation. But the good thing is that we have more knowledge than we did before. So I ask every one of you who may be listening either on the podcast or on, uh, on YouTube to stick around. You will learn a lot. We will talk a lot about co-ops, getting your foot into the door when it comes to technology, um, go, transitioning from school life, university or college into working in a corporate world, and how that has been for myself, Peter, and for Samuel as well. Uh, Sam is a super smart person, a uh, very intelligent man. Uh, we worked together in a few classes when it came to engineering and software engineering, first and second year, uh, and we met each other in Victoria, in Canada. So, welcome, Samuel Sokwa. How are you doing?
1: Appreciate it, man. That was... Um... Was one hell of an intro, honestly. But I'm good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks. Thanks for taking the time to um,
0: talk about all this stuff and mm-hmm. give like a, I would say a secondary update to yep. what's going on on your side, on your, in, in your life. And yeah, uh, yeah. so, what are you? I th- I suppose I'll just I'll start this question and then I'll just let you talk. Um, who is Samuel Salka regarding technology and school?
1: For sure. Um. So, like most people or most Nigerians, I I uh, was starting my career off in engineering. Uh, initially, I thought of mechanical engineering because that was just the the thing to do, I guess, or like electrical or whatever. Not a lot of people were into software, um, which is crazy. But in high school, I used to program a little bit. I remember I built built this calculator uh, with like basic programming language uh, literally called basic Um, like when I was I don't know like 12 or something like that but I never thought that that'd be a career path for myself Um, but anyways fast forward I get to university slash college depending where you are um, and computer science was available I said okay cool you know let's get to computer science and see what's happening um, I really like it in my first I mean I, I thought it was okay in my first year but I never really saw the value and I took this class in my second year um, it's uh, it's just like software engineering it was a software engineering class and I think that's when it really opened my eyes to just seeing what, I, what was possible mm-hmm. and from there I just sort of developed a love for software engineering specifically and building applications and building products
0: and that's good. Thanks for explaining and giving that background. Uh, Some people have that similar background, but they're not able to utilize that. So mm-hmm. um, with that said, where, where do you see yourself in software engineering? Because even software engineering is a large thing. Mm-hmm. So where, where are yeah. you in that? Where do you fit?
1: Software engineering is huge. You know, there's so many different uh, areas of expertise, even within uh, software engineering. Uh, Typically, you have your software engineers, your developers, and that can range from web development to um, hardware or I mean, well, not hardware, we're talking about software, but um, some people like to they have, they meet this bridge between software and hardware and they work on very low level stuff. So they work on maybe chips that you, you use in like a a phone or whatever the case may be. They work on programming those. I actually have some experience doing that. It's called assembly language. Um, I have some experience working on that. Um, And then you have, like I mentioned, web, you have mobile developers, you have uh, infrastructure developers, whatever the case may be. Myself, I'm sort of a Jack of Multiple Trades. Um, My first intro to software engineering was web development. So I've done web development with a ton of programming languages, PHP, Java, JavaScript, Python, you know, you name it, I've done it probably. Um, But something that I found my passion these days is mobile development. So specifically building apps for iOS for the iOS platform. Uh, building apps for iPhones, for iPads. Uh, That's really my passion. That's what I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. But again, I'm also really skilled at web development. Um, I built a bunch of web apps. I do it for fun, really, but I also do it for work. So I get to experience the best of both worlds because web and mobile are definitely the more popular and the bigger uh, aspects of software engineering because that's more of your traditional development so you know i feel like i've been blessed to just have an opportunity to be a part of that so thanks for explaining that because i'm about to rewind
0: just a little bit and Mm -hmm. the question i have for you is um i kind of know the answers because we worked on some things together but what did you do to help i know we're we're both not at the top of this metaphoric ladder or mountain yet but Mm -hmm. What did you do to help your career move forward? And I'm talking about during college years, because that's pretty much the most um, impactful time regarding this.
1: Yeah, Um, I I think especially in technology, software, computer science, and all the other related fields, the biggest thing is being a self-starter. The biggest thing I've learned is 50 to 60 percent of what we learn in college is not Directly, trans, uh, it's not going to directly translate to the workplace. So, being a self-starter and doing your own projects, your own time—that's really the best way to get visibility. Unless you get to work on these like class projects, where you get to build out these very complex uh, systems, or uh, not even complex, but systems that show off your skill sets, it's going to be hard to put yourself in front of employers and say, "Okay, this is what I've done. This is what I can do." If you don't have something to show, it's like a portfolio. And so I remember in my second year, I I, I was like, okay, cool. Let me, let me build something. I've never done web development before, but it looks fun. And I remember for three straight days, I went to bed at 5 a.m. because I stayed up Googling. I stayed up watching YouTube videos. And the first app I ever built was a weather app. It would take in a city and then it would show you the temperature and it would change the background to like an image from that city now that seems very simplistic but to someone who had never done before it it took me forever to figure out but the great thing about that was i got to learn i got an opportunity to actually get deep into the weeds of things and just figure it out so being a self-starter and that was the first thing i put on my resume because prior to that if i showed you my resume it literally had nothing tech related and it's really hard for you know a tech employer and a hiring manager to look at your resume and not see any kind of projects even if it's not school, but being able to see projects, being able to see a demonstration of your abilities is so critical. So for me, it was being a self-starter. I I just started working on projects. I still do that to this day. Um, I just work on projects and from being a necessity, it's turned into a passion. I love, it's a hobby. Like I build apps for fun. I
0: totally agree with you on that because man, (laughs) at some point, Schoolwork just became so heavy that mm-hmm. you you look for something else to do that keeps you up. It's harder to it's harder to stay up. For me, it was harder to stay up to to do assignments, to complete a physics sure. assignment. Yeah. But it was much easier for me to stay up to work on my own personal hobby per project, whatever it was I was building or learning. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and I wonder if there's a way, and that's a different topic, but I wonder if there's a way to somehow allow students. To have that where there's that autonomy to build and I think they do that you know when you're doing your capstone projects your, your yeah. final projects they, they ask you to build soft build something with a group mm-hmm. of people the sad thing is that that's like when you're just done you're ready to just leave the college leave the university yeah. so it's like, <laughs> I'm not even yeah. this part I'm not interested in doing um, but thanks mm-hmm. for sharing that do you think that so let's say let's assume that someone who's 12 years old is listening to this and has no understanding or background about like they just like the idea of software engineer. maybe their dad isn't it i guess they could ask their dad but someone they know is a software engineer and they want to they want to get started on that
1: what would be your your advice there you know i think software engineering is such an interesting place right now i think especially when i was a kid it wasn't a thing um you were either any other kind of engineer but not software Software engineering is a very young field. Also, I should, I should mention, I, I don't, it's been really in existence for maybe two, three decades, which is really young in comparison to the others. Um, people used to build software, but not as an engineering field. So now it's definitely something that people can be interested in. If you're 12, um, if you have an interest in building, um, for me as a kid, I used to love building stuff. That's sort of why I wanted to be an engineer. But I didn't realize that there are different mechanisms for building. So if you're a 12-year-old kid and you're watching this, my biggest advice is keep being imaginative. Just keep dreaming about how you would create stuff. Um, Think about how you'd make a new, I don't know, iPhone app or how you'd make something. It's just the being inquisitive and being curious about how to create. Um, I think there's an art in software engineering, and there's definitely that form of creativity that we don't talk about a lot because it's it's a stem field so people just assume it's all technical but there's definitely some creativity and I think that's what sparks some interest in in younger people to to get into software engineering it's another form to express yourself crazy as that sounds
0: I agree um and I would I would also add um that if you're a kid interested in the field instead and of course not everyone can do this but instead of like your people at that age would be more interested in movies and just spending time doing other things. That's a good yeah. time to, to build. Like YouTube oh, yeah. is such a that your, I'm sure your parents would be more than happy to pay for um code classes. Not cl- yeah. code classes, but there's these uh uh I forgot camps. Code, code camps. Camp. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yes. That you can join and, and just start from the basic. And I think one of the biggest things that you can do too, to learn is build something that already exists.
1: Oh, yeah. That's just how the, you start. Just yeah. build
0: something that already exists, uh, you know, and go from there. And it doesn't have to be a web app. It could be anything regarding yeah. engineering. Um, yeah, I will mean, give a disclaimer, though, to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to 12-year-olds that engineering is hard. Facts. And expensive. <laughs> so expensive man uh um, yeah it is so that's that's what i wanted to say go ahead
1: yeah i was just i was just gonna say like i was tell, like i was telling y'all before um the first thing i ever built was a very simple calculator it, it, there's this programming language called basic and it's one of the founding programming languages if you want it's literally very basic i built a small app i wouldn't even call it an app it's just like a program that you know, added numbers, subtracted numbers, uh, divided and what have you. So it, it doesn't need to be, you don't need to be building Google or I don't know, YouTube, you don't need to, I mean, you could, don't get me wrong. I, I've always been someone who loves to just do the really difficult things because it forces you to learn so much. But at the same time, you need to be able to gauge where you're at. If you're going into development cold, or if you're just trying to like, you know, get a sense for what it, what it is, it's really cool to just work on something really small and just get your feet wet, you know, and get in the game essentially.
0: And that dopamine rush, man, when you build something and it works.
1: Whew, Lord,
0: oh, unbelievable. <laughs> if unbelievable. I want one line of code, when you debug something and it works, it's like, yes, Lord, thank you. <laughs> finally, finally. So, okay, so we're going to switch gears a little bit, Sam. You are listening to the V-City Podcast by Peter O'June. Do you want to make an impact in life? Do you wish to use your time effectively? Do you believe in learning to grow in wisdom? If you answered yes to these questions, then you are in the right place. You'll be inspired to achieve more. This part is where I feel like you have far more expertise than I do just because I didn't do this, and that's Mm. co-op. So I will first of all ask you to first of all explain what co-op is, even though I'm sure a lot of people do know what it is, but just explain what it is and Mm. how you got into it.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. So whether you call it co-op or internship, it's basically a work term. It's a term away from school. I mean, some people take it with classes, but typically it's a term away from school where you get to get – you know, hands-on experience in the industry. Now, in computer science, software engineering, it's critical. I don't think it's very possible for you to for you to be successful out of the gate without some kind of experience, no matter how smart you are. Because what I found is the field is less. There's less emphasis on your intellect, but rather your. There's more em- emphasis on soft skills, and obviously having that foundation. You know, and it's like. If I'm an employer and I see two people, one person doesn't have any experience and the other person has experience, I don't really care too much for GPAs or whatnot. As long as you've shown a demonstration of, okay, well, I have this ability and I can do this and this. But back to what co-ops are and what they can do for for you. Like I said, co-ops are a work term. Uh, Some schools have them and it's like an accredited program. So when you graduate, it will pop up on your diploma. Some schools have it informally, whatever the case may be. Now, we, I was fortunate, uh, the University of Victoria, where I go, um, has a recognized co-op program for computer science and software engineering. Now, this doesn't mean if your school doesn't have one, it's the end of the world. And I'll tell you what, uh, so if you're a part of the program, typically, they'll have some kind of portal that lets you apply for jobs directly through the university, or they'll have some kind of counseling, blah, 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 whatever. For my university, I didn't really get much value out of that. Um, it's different from for, for other universities. Like I know Waterloo, um, the bigger schools, Waterloo, U of T, they have massive co-op programs and they get a lot of opportunities because they have a lot of good uh, relationships with different companies. But don't be heartbroken. There's no worry per se, regardless of where you go. Um, how I got my co-ops, my first two out of my, so I, let me backtrack. I've done three co-ops. Two out of the three co-ops i found myself um and i was talking to my sister yesterday and she met she wanted me to plug her i'm not going to plug her but she really is the plug um, i was really fortunate to have a sister who's been through the career path uh, you know she uh she went to duke and she works at amazon now but there's been a lot of different journeys in between that period and so just being able to learn from her experience And the biggest thing that she did for me was telling me, was pushing me to to be active on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is, I can't even overemphasize, it's literally probably one of the greatest human creations of our time. I'm not kidding. It really put me on a map. It gave me an opportunity to connect with employers, you know, visibility, because if you're not seen, you're not going to get hired. Very simple as that. Uh, so she really pushed me on on LinkedIn, you know, I was cold messaging people, you know, I, I must have sent like 500, 600 messages, and even that wasn't enough, you know, and this was the summer of, or like the spring of 2020, I was looking for a co-op, and I've been trying, I tried previously, you know, I applied, cold applied to this place, to that place, I wouldn't get interviews, I wouldn't get um, opportunities back, and Peter, uh, stop me if I'm going off topic. But um, so them. I love it. Okay, okay. So I can get an interview essentially, and even when I did, it wasn't for the greatest companies. It was these little, you know, companies here and there that weren't really software. But I was just trying to get something. So the spring of 2020, I was going hard on LinkedIn. I'm not even gonna lie. I would wake up at 4 a.m. because we're on Pacific time and I wake up at 4 a.m. because that's 7 a.m. Toronto time, and that's when most people are taking up their phones. I want to be the first message that they see when they take up their phone. I don't want them to see messages from their kids, from their family members, their aunt, their uncle. I want them to see, hi, I'm Samuel. Da, 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 this is this is this. And I had a I had a template. Let me not give out all the little tips and trays because my this is my sister's patent. I'm okay. I'm not, I'm not gonna not give, I'm not gonna give it all, but um you know i would cold message these people employers um you know i target specific people at specific companies just so i could get an opportunity right and i messaged like i said like 400 plus people i didn't even know that linkedin could limit the number of messages you got but you get to a point and they're like you need to chill right so i'd have to wait a little bit and then come back but um yeah eventually i you know it got to a point where people weren't responding you know i would message people they wouldn't respond and then I got over the hump. It was just so many messages that just the law of numbers, somebody had to respond. And before I knew it, a ton of people responding. Law of averages. Law of averages. And there's some truly helpful people on LinkedIn. You know, you message them, they'll be like, you know, listen, um, I don't think we have uh, anything open right now, but let me message you back if I hear of anything. Um, the other thing is, you know, I also try to reach out to, you know, people who are like me. So I target Nigerians um, at companies just because I felt they might be more sympathetic, whatever the case may be. Anything you need to do essentially to get yourself, you know, in a conversation with somebody. That's not to say other people weren't helpful. There's definitely a lot of helpful people. Um, And then funny enough, my sister was going on LinkedIn and she was just looking around, you know, looking for opportunities. And there's a startup in Toronto and they hold a special place in my heart because that was my first work experience um they they posted a they didn't post a job they just posted a job description like hey you know this is what we're working on we're looking for you know college students to whoever is interested so I messaged him he's like okay hey let's have a meeting um let's set up a meeting and talk we set up a meeting one interview it went amazing you know he just talked to me about what they're doing, looked at my, again, this is where it's key. He looked at my resume and he saw something that he liked. I had worked on a, a house indexer. And what that was was it's a it's an app to help you find listings for rentals and whatever the case may be. And it just happened to be that their business is um, in the real estate uh, family. So that hit home. He was like, oh, well, I mean, it looks like your head's already in the right direction. He looked at my skill set what they were, the stack, the software stack that they were using, a stack is like a, like the programming languages and frameworks, what they were using, I didn't have any experience, but he was like, well, you seem like you're a fast learner, you know, I'm willing to give you an opportunity to see how you do, and that's how I got my first co-op, I was so blessed to work with them, uh, it, it was a small startup, it didn't pay great, but that's the value of getting your first experience, it doesn't, for me, it it wasn't more so about the money. And honestly, if, if, if your first instinct is, oh, I'm not gonna get paid a lot, it might be hard for you to get a job because your first one is gonna be, it's not gonna be easy. But that's not to say that you couldn't get like a Microsoft on your first try, that's very possible. But you know, my first job was working at a startup. I did web dev for them. I learned on the job and it was very fulfilling. Um, and it was one of the be- better experiences I've had. Prior to that, I had one interview at Microsoft uh, in Vancouver that was probably the best interview I've had just because they flew me out they put me in a hotel I had hey, a five-star hotel for free food everything I got to go to their offices it was amazing I didn't get the job but uh you know free trip to Vancouver who's saying no you know what I mean so yeah that was my first gig um my second gig I, I worked on uh we have like a like the university department of software engineering had a, they have like a software group that does some software work for them. So I got to work there as well. Not Nothing particularly out of the ordinary. I, that one, I, I got through the university. Then my third co-op, and again, tell me if I'm going off off topic. Okay, cool, cool. My third co-op has been the best so far. Um, uh, I don't know if I should say, but anyways, I got a co-op for Intuit, which is like a Fortune 500 company that does, they're the creators of TurboTax, uh, Mint, all those kind of great uh, products, QuickBooks. So how I got that was through LinkedIn. I had reached out to a recruiter. Actually, I had applied. I got rejected to the same job. I got rejected. And then I reached out to a recruiter and she said, oh, how were you rejected? I don't know. How was I? Anyways, um, she sent me a, an invite. She said, OK, hey, let's hop in a call. Let's talk. We talked the first two minutes. She was like, listen, I already like you. Let's just go ahead and get the next interview booked. She, she took the time to she, we set up like another call afterwards to just clean up my resume. Big up her because she really helped me out just figuring out how I should you know make my resume look for a tech job because it looked like it was a business resume because my sister had helped me out and she's in business but anyway she helped me streamline it and I got to interview the first time funny enough I interviewed the first time and I didn't get in and I'll tell you what that was the most nerve wracking interview I'd had not because the interview was difficult but just I was so I was nervous you know it was a huge company I really wanted to do well psyched myself out I didn't perform as well as I wanted and I remember getting the news from her she called she was like uh you it's not going to work this time. I was heartbroken. I'm not even going to lie. I cried a little bit. A little bit, I cried a little bit. And then, like, three days after, I will never forget. I was asleep, and I got a call. It was a Toronto number. I was like, well, who's calling me from Toronto this time? I picked it up, and it was her. And I was like, why would she be calling me back? I had to pinch myself. I honestly thought I was too so dreaming. She said these words. Hey, Sam, we really loved you. Would you like to come back and interview again? I said what I think I might have been like are you kidding I honestly I because I thought I thought I was asleep I thought I was dreaming or something but she said hey do you want to come interview again I said yeah (laughs) don't mind if I do um I had the second interview killed it like I was I was like if if I'm getting a second chance there's no way I'm psyching myself out I'm just going to be focused calm collected and I had done it before so it was calm for me. Um, I got it I got it the second time and you know I've gotten to work I've worked there. I worked there for uh, one semester, so springtime to like the start of summer. And then um, I remember at the end of that that term, I was telling them, hey, listen, I've really had fun. you know, I'd love to come back in whatever capacity so They're asking me, okay, what when's your next work term? Da, 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 da. It, it would probably have been like the fall of 2021 or whatever, but then something happened and I was really favored. I'm not gonna lie, I was really blessed. Um, they said, Hey, do you want to keep working here just part time? Um, and that's something they, they had never done, uh, but they but they said, Hey, do you want to work part time? And I, I said, Yeah, uh, and ever since that, that's opened the, the door for even more people to work part time, which is something they'd never done in the past. And so I've been working there for, I believe this is my 11th, 11th month there. Uh, I've been getting up to one year. So it's been a blessing and it's definitely been the most fulfilling uh, co op I've done.
0: I gotta say, man, you don't know the kind of gems you dropped. When I said, <laughs> when I started by saying, Sam is really smart, he was like, mm, what? <laughs> you, don't, you don't know the kind of gems you dropped. Um, and it. of course, see what, what I hear. this and we've talked about it before but it's it's where hard work meets preparation or well preparation meets opportunity um Mm -hmm. because of course we have a few things in here that it's like man god did this for me that's great yeah but Mm -hmm. if you were not prepared and ready for this ain't no way Facts. you had not done the things that you were supposed to do yeah so i really appreciate you um talking about that and bringing to light what you've gone through because it's insane what international students go through to get co-ops you know you deal with a lot of things a lot of hoops you're i mean sometimes you're dealing with the color color of your skin and that might be something that you can tell that was a reason why you were not accepted sometimes you're dealing with uh uh, just difficulty financial difficulty because i mean you're living in one of the most expensive cities in the world um and but hey i wanted to point back you know when you talked about the microsoft situation You are listening to the V-City Podcast by Peter Ojun. My mission here is to help you achieve more by broadening your perspective while helping you stay inspired. Consider joining me on YouTube and Instagram as we explore a broad range of topics from business to technology and relationships. Now back to the show. (laughs) <laughs> that microsoft interview you told us about it it was that was yeah. actually in the in the other video like a few years ago yeah you were like yo man they're actually I- i'm actually gonna do this um, i believe that mm. was, i believe it was you hadn't had it yet you were talking about going to, to
1: oh, it. so yeah.
0: this is like yeah. the follow-up to that story um mm. yeah so thanks for you know, explaining that for me just to put my own two cents there i didn't do co-ops yeah. um I just went through school I didn't want to stop to do any and and because of the second school I went to in the in the states after Canada I didn't Mm -hmm. um I didn't need to do co-ops because at our school uh, in Canada we have to do co-ops to to graduate otherwise you can't um unless you I think there's a specific degree
1: though yeah I didn't have to like software is the one you can you don't have to do it right no no so engineering you need to like any engineering you need to do co-op oh, computer but i mean science. yeah and computer science there so we go you <laughs> have to yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah. cool cool
0: man it's been it's crazy how like i'd walk down walk down the pre open the doors to see yeah. a building and i like see you coming out of the class and just like nod and it's just like it's just <laughs> crazy how life just morphs and moves from there um mm-hmm. all those nights you know spending time in the library or clearing you what, what building yeah. are you right now? Claire, you. <laughs> Man, anyway, it's, it's crazy. It's super interesting. I really appreciate you giving um, me all that information and, and, and people who would love to know about this. Um, you talked about LinkedIn. You talked about projects. and You talked about persistence. Um, in many mm-hmm. ways, just making sure that you don't give up and you don't quit. So yeah. that is very, very valuable. Um, my two cents there is that when I was done with school, before I finished, I knew that I needed to get a job. Right, it's like I don't have a, I haven't had a co-op, but I've done, you know, I've done a lot of
1: personal projects. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your Just, body of work speaks for itself. Like, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Just side note, like, there are very few people who don't have a co-op that have experience, and you're one of those people. Who's like, I, can, you're the amount of work you've done on your own time is equivalent to co-ops, honestly. And I think what's really cool about it is something that you've, uh, you're you're very passionate about so when you when you're in a room talking to somebody about it it just jumps off they're like okay yeah I can see this about him and to put that kind of energy as a college student into something outside of you know schoolwork is impressive thank you I really appreciate
0: that yeah um first of all congratulations and all on everything you know you. I know there's there's more to do um mm-hmm. someone said the reward of hard work is more hard work but you <laughs> But um, you've come this far, and I, yes. there's, there's, there was nights where it was difficult and, and hard. Um, mm. there, were assignments we, <laughs> there were assignments where you were like, I'm not even going yeah. to finish this. I, I'm just yeah. not going to submit this on time uh, because mm-hmm. of how hard it was. But you were still able to keep going and going and, and still have time with, for friends, hit the gym. All of yeah. that um, was, is impressive. And it, that's why select few get the kind of jobs that, that you get. Um, mm-hmm. and so I just want to let v- listeners out there know that software engineering in, or engineering in general is very difficult and it takes a specific type of person or yeah. the learning or, 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 the, or learning a specific type of skill, which is persistence. I think that's the yeah. biggest thing to go through it yeah. because it takes so much time. It's expensive and it takes a toll on your mental health. Like imagine sure. the stress
1: you had to go through for those interviews only to not mm-hmm. get some of them. To not so I get it. Yeah. It's it's crazy, like, and it's all about the law of averages, man. I I interviewed a ton, mm-hmm. um, got rejected. A some of these rejections, man, I have like at least 300, 400 rejections. Sometimes like four or five from the same company at the same time, it, man. It's it's crazy. You know, there's some there's some mornings you wake up, you check your email, check rejection, your email. rejection, 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 rejection. You're like, damn, can I get a break? Just uh, a yes, oh. break. <laughs> you know, uh, but not nah, definitely is. Yeah, man, I, I'm not even gonna lie, I wouldn't wish it for anyone. The amount of persistence that you need to have, just taking that, and look, to be honest, seeing that kind of rejection constantly is difficult. You know, you have to find some way, somewhere, somehow. For me, it was desperation. You know, like I knew I, I, knew I wanted to get this so much. I wanted to get it so bad because I knew it would give me a lot of good opportunities. And just the support also from my family, friends. It also it also helped that my really closest friend at that time was in the same degree, same we did it together. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another thing. You need to find like-minded people who are willing to push you as much as you push them. Um, also even you, you know, just being around you and the energy of okay, let's get it, let's get it, let's get it, is really infectious. And I feel like I try to resonate that and just let people around me also get a feel of that so that we're all pushing each other honestly so it's really you do it by by committee you can't it'd be really difficult to do by yourself I feel I agree it is not the stories you've told you can Mm. see the
0: supporting cast yeah very clearly in what they did Mm. and without them we couldn't be just starting from our parents man the fact that they were like I want you to go abroad I I want you to study this I want I want to help you accomplish this and even when we fail um whether it's exams or tests or even just like just down you know yeah where we feel like we're, we're done and they're just there to, to help pick us up that is Thanks. very uh, you know mm-hmm. hear your dad say uh like one time I was I was struggling when I was started off in mech um mm. and I was just like oh, oh no it was electrical oh god and, and <laughs> I, I I was struggling with physics uh what was that physics course that everyone had to do one like 110 one one ten. Ten. oh Lord. I my dad <laughs> and I don't call him for 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 help with like stuff like um like oh, I'm feeling sad like what I'll feel sad sun's gonna come up tomorrow I'll be fine but that yeah. was that was a slap in my face man I had to call mm. him like I don't I don't know if I can do this inch thing at all yeah. like so I'm glad you can relate there, Um, but on a lighter note, what is, I have a, (laughs) on a more, you know, exciting note here, what's the most exciting aspect of working in technology for you, and, and why is that?
1: You know, very often I tell people that, so, okay, I'm a developer, and what that means is I'm not really focused on, like, automation testing or the other parts of software. I'm really focused on building. I love building. And so for me, it's a joy. Like it's, I don't, I don't consider it work when I get to, <clears throat> you know, build stuff from scratch. Like I said, I do that as a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, I also tell people that being a developer, having the ability to program or to develop, is a superpower because I can think about something right now and say, okay, boom, I want let us make it happen. I just think that's a superpower. Like the other day, I was, um, I was taking notes. And I don't like the stock notes app that comes on like your iPhone or whatever. So I was like, okay, hey, how about I build my own? I built my own to spec, you know, it it saves your documents to to the cloud and all that. And it was just such a wonderful experience to say, okay, I thought about it and I had the skill set to build it. So my favorite part of, of this whole thing is building, you know, creating, getting an opportunity to think about every little detail and making it a reality, not just being a dreamer, but being an imp- someone who can implement as well. Um, that It's it's really gratifying. So I, I feel like for a lot of developers, it's it's the same thing as well.
0: Yes. Thanks for pointing that specific part out. Um, uh, you know, let's, if we go back even a little further from four years ago, when we did our, when we did our video together, when we did our, our yeah. series. So it's the same thing. Cause I, me being interested in, I was super interested in, in media as, at that time. And I still am um, along with technology. But yeah. if you really think about it, man, we had a dream. It's like, this is the show we want to produce. And it was just in the air. And then I discussed yeah. with Daniel and we're like, Sam, TK, these would be amazing people for this particular stuff. Let's, let's work with them. We pitched mm-hmm. the idea to you guys. And you guys were like, let's do it. This it sounds like let's a good idea. It. We put out the yeah. script, we filmed it on a zero budget, <laughs> with Yo. the police following us around on campus we used yeah. every resource that was in our every resource that was in our um in our grasp whether it was mm-hmm. borrowing cameras from campus um, i remember sometimes i ask you could you use your card so we get more cameras. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um and just working with the sun and just doing our own thing and we were it was just this, that naivete that we're just like we just wanted to get this done we didn't care about the yeah, hurdles yeah. we'll go through and i spent nights mm-hmm. with daniel same thing we're up till five six some days I'd be up till 9 a.m. editing that thing because I needed to drop it the next day. And it yeah. wasn't about the reception, although every people all around the city started recognizing who we were, but yeah. it was like the fact that we built something. Mm-hmm. It's like we, we created this thing from nothing. Yeah, it's a brainchild. Um, I'm telling you, man, it's it, yeah. it'll always be special because you mm-hmm. did that. And, and I think, like you said, employees, uh, employers can hear that. Um, mm-hmm. Investors can hear that. Uh, they can yeah. see it because they know when they, when they see gold, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they know that they can sure. find that. So it's all
1: about, yeah, it, it's, it's really all about the, the journey and just, man, I don't, I don't know what the word is, but just that desire. Like I've had interviews where I'm talking to, to like an, uh, an employer and they can just hear the, how passionate I am about, mm-hmm. I feel like when you're really passionate about something it's, it doesn't take much to show it like you can have a conversation with somebody and it pops off to them. like if someone ever met you in person, they'll know okay he loves filmmaking, he loves uh, digital media, that's his thing and it's very apparent and that that's summer where we worked on um, on the series was so interesting because it's literally just a little idea and it went from a little idea to reality in like a couple of weeks and that's for me that's that's all it's about the creation process.
0: Thank you. Exactly, um, man. I really appreciate that. Um, thank you for 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 the information you've given. I think I just wanted to go back a little because I forgot to add something. You know, my I was talking about my two cents when I was mm-hmm. looking for a job. After I I I I, I want to say that I endorse what you did. Um, yeah. I spent a lot of time as well looking for tech jobs across the country and just applying and applying and applying. Same thing. I'd wake up in the morning and look at my phone and it was and I'd see your rejection. It's usually, I'm mm-hmm. excited for a little bit because it says the company. And like, hello, Peter, you know, thank you for.
1: And yeah, then once they go, hit go, you with go. that, thank you for
0: it. <laughs> and I just click on mm-hmm. it and it's like, yeah, well, we've decided to move on with the application, you know, with the with someone with else someone or whatever else. the case is. Oh man, I, I at a point, <laughs> it just I was just like, you know what, I'll check it before I go to bed instead of in the first thing in the morning. Um yeah. but one thing I did too was so in my school, we have something called handshake, similar okay. to the portal you guys ha- we had in Advic. Uh, where yeah. it's like, okay, applying, and I just applied, bro I was just like, "Go, go, 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 go. And I'd get some response back. But one thing I did that you didn't talk about was I went to fairs. I think you've gone to a fair before, but by yeah, your yeah, one, I'd, I'd I'd been to fair. fairs. but mine was a digital fair because well, COVID and all that. So um, yeah. It was a digital fair, and I was just looking through like who here is a tech company that I can work for, and I can bring all my skills in film, mm. building software and it together um basically information technology information security all that and i met this guy uh who i I, the nice thing is you can schedule one on ones. so i i went early enough and i there's like only two one-on-ones per company and if that is Mm -hmm. if the company wants to do one-on-ones yeah so i saw this company and they were like doing one-on-ones and i was just like i i i took one-on-ones for almost all of them and he just took my whole day off because sometimes i'll talk with them and and i'll get the vibe of the company or the recruiter and i'm like I don't think they want me or Mm -hmm. I don't know if this company would be a good fit. Um, And sometimes I'll be like, this is a good fit. I'm going to, and I'll go with it. So I spoke with this man. um, And he was just, he didn't give me the job or anything. He was a recruiter. Mm -hmm. What he did was I'll check back in with you. Here's my email. Here's my, you know, send me your resume, this and that. Yeah, I was just like, this is, I don't know if he's that interested, but I, what I did like you was I emailed him consistently Mm -hmm message his phone you know, you know as, as much as i could without trying to be you know yeah. a pain, um emailed yeah. him i looked for him on linkedin Looked for him on um check the company and then i i wanted to apply to the company directly because he didn't ask me to do that mm-hmm. so I, before i did i emailed him again asking can i apply like i've sent you my you know this is all the information about me do you think i can apply he's like yeah go ahead that yeah. was when i putting my resume because he, he being the recruiter might have helped, you know, seeing that. Okay. I have a, so I, I responded to him telling him, I have applied just so, you know, yeah I have
1: yeah.
0: applied. I've submitted my applications like, okay, great. I'll, I'll, I'll be in touch. Okay. And that's just, I just left it, continued doing the other stuff. And then later on um, yeah um, I got, I, I, I reached out to him asking him, you know, just update what's going on, what's you mm-hmm. know? And that was like a few months later and he's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, next week we're starting. I was like, what? <laughs> he's like, do you, you know, do you want to do an interview? I'm like, so if I didn't reach out to this dude, yeah, he's busy. Oh.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a fine dance. Honestly, with, with these recruiters, like I said, visibility, you need to be in their faces. You need to be what they think about when they go to bed, when they're waking up. I'm not kidding. I was in their faces constantly. Like I would message, would hit them up. Oh, Hey, I've gone ahead of, and I've applied in a couple of days hi i'm just following up to see if there's any because the thing is imagine what it is to be a recruiter they're seeing hundreds borderline thousands of applications every single day and so you need to be bringing your your own stuff to the top like i don't believe in just applying and leaving it very rarely will you get that job if you've just applied like mm-hmm. unless you, you your resume is like oh worked at. Microsoft, Google, and I've come to find that even that doesn't guarantee you anything because there's a ton of other people with that kind of um, experience, right? And the thing is, that kind of experience will get you to the door, but then it doesn't necessarily mean you're the best for the job. You know, you could have like mismatching skill sets, whatever the case may be. So you always give yourself an opportunity. Don't be like, oh, hey, 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 I applied, you know, I didn't get it. Like, apply. It doesn't take anything to email. Worst case, they don't respond. You're not going to die, you know, mm-hmm. and best case they respond. They say, Hey, you know, we moved on that way. You can get closure. One, okay. So I had, I had one thing I don't like is when I've had an interview and you don't give me any response back, I find it very irresponsible on the part of certain companies where, you know, somebody is taking some time out of their day, you know, to talk with you about a role the least you can do is have the decency to respond. I had, a, I had a, I'm not gonna mention what company, but I had an interview at that company. It didn't go great because the recruiter clearly saw I didn't have the specific skill set they wanted, but still let me interview. I think, and, and it's fair because I can easily learn on a job. That's not a problem for me. But I think the hiring manager was, she was adamant that, you know, I had that skill set because they didn't have much time, you know, for me to learn. And that's completely fair. But, you know, interview ended, like three weeks went by, I sent him an email, all of a sudden, recruiter is not responding. Like, Come on. Like, <laughs> give me some closure. I, but, I like yeah. how you
0: said how you said fine dance. It is. Yeah, it's a it negotiation. Is. It's a dance. Um, mm-hmm. What do you have for me? What can I offer you? Um, yeah. And putting yourself in their shoes, and hopefully they're putting themselves themselves in your shoes. And I think right. there, there's a lot of jobs out there. Um, And beyond jobs, there's there's, there's um there's ideas there's people who have the, who who will go on to have their own startups investors mm-hmm. out there um, whatever it is that works for you or whatever is next for you um, yeah. the opportunities are there it's just that yeah. it takes time um, and it takes effort and mm-hmm. then we have that luck or that opportunity but you need to be prepared so that you can yeah. be able to be ready to to, to accept it when it comes mm-hmm. but yeah. um Sam I want to say thank you um our time is basically up now, but this has been an amazing interview. Uh, not interview, because that's not the word we chose to use. And I will be, I'll yeah. try not to use that word going forward. Um, conversation. It's a conversation. Um, yeah. You know, these are the conversations we have on the phone. And it's like, why don't we just put that into podcasts? And, and yeah, that was kind of my idea. So if it's okay with you, I'd love to have you back um, For another sure. time. Um, and who knows time going on we'll have uh, I definitely have a few other people I want to talk with and it'll be great to have a round table at some point um, down mm-hmm. the line once once we grow a little bit more um, where people who have made it through this journey can all talk together and inspire others who are
1: just starting the journey um, Thanks. any final words man any final words hey um it's been very very exciting talking with you um I really just love the opportunity to help people out, you know, directly, indirectly, however I can, especially when we talk about this specifically, I think there's a lot of value in these kind of conversations. And, you know, like you said, these are conversations we have casually and we've had in the past, even with the other video. Um, and there's some value in that. So I really had fun, you know, just talking to y'all about the story and the journey essentially. And um, hey, I'm excited to come back and talk about some more stuff.
0: Thank you so much, Sam. So I'm going to wrap this up here. Thank you listeners for joining us today on this podcast, and on this video cast on YouTube. Um, it's been a pleasure. I hope that you learned something new. Um, my, my, my logo, or rather my, my tagline in life is uh, broadening your perspective. Uh, and I hope this broadened your perspective and my theme for 2022 really is learn from others so that's that's kind of like my theme for for the year in terms of you two uh, my personal work and development professional development as well so I hope all of you learn from others I hope that um you enjoyed this and if you enjoyed this then stick around for the next one um if this is if you're listening to this on youtube you can give this a like because that helps the other people see from it as see it as well because the algorithm we can talk about in another episode um just algorithms and and data structures and things like that but (laughs) he's like no not school again but um, hey. <laughs> the high-level concept of it is, is, very, is very intricate. It's uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence. I feel like we just had our second topic. But um, yeah. yeah, please join us on this journey, and um, we will have more ready for you going forward. And um, that, that's all. Thank you for listening and watching, and we will see you guys later.